Stand clear. 100% wild podcast. So for all you listeners, hello and welcome to definitely not your favorite outdoor podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, powered by DeerCast. This is episode number 341. I am your relatively friendly host, Tim Chelsvik. I'm your co-host, Matt Drury. Today, we have a special guest. <laughs> Singer, songwriter, country music legend, Chris Jansen. He's also a Grand Ole Opry member. And more importantly, he's a hunter. What's up, Chris? Yes, I am. More, most importantly, I'm a hunter, guys. Uh, thank you for that intro. It's very kind of you. And uh, man, have, I'm really thrilled to be on this podcast. I don't do podcasts. And so oh. when you asked me to do it, Matt, I said, I would be glad to do it, especially with the Jury Outdoors. This is legacy for me. I'm a Missouri guy. This is how I grew up. And uh, I'm proud to be here with you. Thank well, you. I'm even more honored now that I know that because wow. I didn't, <laughs> like it was funny. He and I were sending messages back and forth trying to figure out a time. And he said, 1 p.m. I said, okay. And then we talked about briefly, said something about tomorrow. And I thought he meant 1 p.m. tomorrow. He's like, hey, I'm on and ready. <laughs> so we're scurrying. Like, it's like just everybody's running around frantically. So you got us, you got, you got me good there. <laughs> I was like, all right, guys, we got to jump. I appreciate you taking appreciate you making the time today it's uh yeah i mean my it's my weeks get so nutty and you wouldn't believe the stuff that gets piled on them and like so just finding the time to even go out and check deer cameras is like a a treat for me you know mm. so I, yes. I appreciate you guys getting me on here so that's what you were doing when we were texting right you were out checking cameras you're uh, you said your yep. son just jesse if anybody's ever seen any of chris's <laughs> shows jesse's like Jesse is a star of the show, and so yeah. he's ate up with the lifestyle, hunting, fishing, everything outdoors. So he just killed on that cold front, right? Yep. You would text me, and you said, the cold front's coming, and I said, are you going to get to hunt? And I said, man, gosh, I I wish. And I mean, so you, you understand, like, he did. He smacked a, he smacked a really mature 10-point that we've been having eyes on for a long time. And the deer was on the definite decline. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of deer that I think it's great if you can harvest one of those. I mean, that's the that's like a great trophy great honor, you know. That that's a whole season right there. But uh, he's a great hunter, great fisherman, great conservationist. And you know, to be nine years old, he's he's living way above the most standards of normal nine year olds. He doesn't he's just not a normal one. And all my kids are awesome, but he's the one who loves to hunt. He's obsessed with it. So every morning before school. Uh, and I fly in every every night after a show. I come home in order to get up with Kelly, and we take the kids to school together. And in hunting season, it gets really tough because then, I, of course, I want to be in a deer stand. Of course, Jesse wants to be in a deer stand. And so he's gotten to where now we get up, we'll go hunting for a couple hours, and then we'll we we hunt in the school season, or you know, we just have to hunt selective stands. And yeah. So I got them set where I can slip in and out of them without bumping deer, and then. I'll take him to school and then I'll go right back and get in a stand real quick. And then usually about my day starts musically. My day starts about noon, noon mm -hmm. to one o'clock. And so, you know, as far as touring is concerned, then we'll head out and go get on a plane and we'll go and work and then get home late at night and get up. And it's, that's kind of my routine. It's like I work at, which I love my job. It's not even really work. It's mm -hmm. music is so fun, but <clears throat> I work to, to, to provide for a great living for a family and to hunt. And, um, <laughs> 
And believe me, hunting is like the key for me. So. Those are those are good reasons. And you, this guy hustles so hard. I mean, he is. How many shows do you do in a year? Because it's basically every day you guys are flying yes. somewhere new, right? I do more than most. I mean, some people look at it two ways. They say, you know, when you get to a level of like where my career is or where others are, you know, with a very successful lots of hits and things like that, they think, well, let's play less and and work less. Dude, I'm the exact opposite. Whenever I remember a time when it was not so easy. So I, you know, I, I didn't have hits at one time. And before buy me a boat really kicked it off. I'd only had a couple minor things in the top 40 that nobody really knew unless you really knew. And I always said from the very beginning, if I can ever just get some hits and people will know my name and know my songs, I'm going to work everywhere that I can go as long as I want to play there. And as long as that it makes sense. And so on average, I do like 120 shows a year, which is a lot. And, and, and again, most people at this level in the game, they choose not to do that. And that's OK. That's everybody's choice. But, dude, if it, if it pays good and people want me to come there, then why not come there? I don't I've never understood why not, because at some point the sun doesn't shine as bright. And at some point yes. the hay doesn't grow as tall. Yeah. And I'm dude, no way. You know, I'm going to I'm going to make that hay, cut that hay, stack that hay in the barn and have a good time doing it, man. I mean, I really loved my job and I feel very blessed. It's more than just music to me as well. It's more than just touring to me. It's actually getting out there and being able to spread the message of what things that I believe in. Um, and with the things I believe in, you don't have to be preachy, man. I just love my country. I love hunting, fishing, conservation, God, my family, my wife. Mm -hmm. And uh, to put those morals into the world, and it's I think that's important. So that's like 50% of my mission. Yeah, and you know what? The shows, it, they come off. It, it's so fun. It's yeah. it's a show. It's Thanks. worth every dollar you put down because it's nonstop Thanks. entertainment from the time he gets on to the time he gets off, and uh, it's a good time. So one of the things I want to talk to you about, you were just out in Colorado not too long ago with John Paul and, and Johnny Morris and the gang elk hunting, right? And yeah. you killed a hell of a right bull. There, there, there it is. <laughs> so tell me about that, man. That you, you, The relationship that you have with Johnny and JP, you guys have experienced a lot of good outdoor memories, hunting, fishing, whatever. They love, yeah. they love you. They love your family. Jesse's always there with you guys. What was yeah. that experience out there in Colorado like? Because that was a hell of a bull. Yeah, thanks for asking. So that's him laying on the back there. And actually, that picture right behind my shoulder, that's a picture of a bull from two years ago. And we're all up in there. It's kind of hard to see. But I'm in my man room right now where I keep a lot of my trophies and mounts and yeah. stuff. But um, so what was it like? Okay, so I flew out. And uh, so first, let me preface with saying this. I don't take normal hunting trips like normal people. Most people take off time and they go, okay, I'm taking seven days or whatever it is. And I'm going to do this. And all I'm going to do is hunt and go to camp. Well, for me... I love to work. And so, and also I'm a lot like Johnny Morris and he's a lot like me in the regard that we get stir crazy after about five minutes somewhere where we're not at home yeah. doing our job. I mean, that is, if you know him, you, that's true. And so I always book shows around the elk camp that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so I, I'll fly in and out of elk camp every night. So I really just hunt mornings and then early afternoons usually, but you know, again, when you got work, it's, you can't miss that. So, that's just kind of part of, and especially in my, in my career is thriving. So I don't, I just, I, there's not one second to just waste, mm -hmm. but I get out there. I flew out early. We got there the early afternoon. We went out and we had like three close encounters with, with mega bulls and it was great. You know, 
of course, bow only. And so we're out there and, you know, when you're a bow hunter, it's like, you can only get so close and, and that was it. So they were just always just a little bit out of range. So I got up the next morning and, um, we got out, I got up to 12,000 feet altitude and I was on this, I was on this bull and he was, he was up on this mountain range and I could hear him up there even way above me. And so Jesse and my guide, Pat sat down behind us and they were probably, I don't know, hundred, 200 yards back. And I took off hiking up the mountain. Well, you know, rocks are sliding. It's crazy, man. It's super steep in Colorado. And they, they were, you know, cow calling just very lightly in the back, kind of like you would do turkeys. And, uh, and I could hear the bull kind of coming down and, and moving rocks with his feet. So I said, okay, great. So I stopped behind a tree and literally as I saw him coming, I'm starting to draw my bow back and here goes a pile of mule deer that I had never Ooh. saw were bedded up next to me. And of course they spooked the bull and that was over. So then I'm, you know, after you hike that far, you're, it's so deflating. And I, you know, it, I mean, really a mile away, pretty much. I mean, really thinking about it, by the way, the crow flies across the canyons. We hear there's tons of elk, people, but there's one elk that's solely bugling. It's the closest one around. So I hiked all the way back down the hill and, we made it all the way around. It took probably 45 minutes to get around to this other mountain range or whatever. And there was a bull bugling on top of the mountain, the same one. Turns out we took a two-hour hike. We got all the way up there, 9,500 elevation. I mean, from the very bottom. Mm. He's laying down. I get to 25 yards. Oh. And he's, and he's, I'm, I'm, wind is in my favor. His back is to me. He's facing the other way. Mm-hmm. And I get 25 yards and I draw at 25 yards and a cow goes yeah. down the hill. And he got up out of his bed and uh, took off before I could release an arrow. Brutal. And dude, again, I hit my knees and I'm deflated. Now that's a long story, but you got to hear this to know how great it is. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like really? So we're on top of this saddle and I notice out the corner of my eye and Jesse and Pat are just up this way, about 50 yards kind of in the, in the sagebrush. And some cows start rolling off the top of the mountain above us. So I'm thinking, all right, okay. So they come down, and they're kind of laying on the side in the shade, and they, they start kind of bedding up on the side of this mountain range. And I thought, well, there's surely probably a bull somewhere around. Mm-hmm. He's just not making any noise, you know. He's probably staging down here. So I told them, I said, I'm going to hop off the side of this mountain that I just climbed up to. So I'm going <laughs> to hop off the other side where he just ran. I'm going to walk down halfway, and then I'm going to kind of skirt it like this all the way around. And I'm glad I did. Because I started skirting through this aspen grove, and I came up on a lone bull, sure enough, mm. by himself. And he was staging down below, downwind of those cows up on top of the mountain. Yeah. And so there's trees in between he and I, just like this, right? So I just crouched down, and I just walked right symmetrically with the trees, and I got to 50 yards, 51 exactly, he had, I don't think he, I think he knew what I was, but he knew something was there, but he didn't really mm-hmm. care. And he was so rutted up. So I dropped to my knees. I drew back, fit, dialed up to 51 yards. Couldn't, couldn't get a shot. Tree limb hanging like uh, this. Uh. So I stood up, tree limb hanging like this. So I crouched down like a football player getting ready to hike a ball for real. i never done this before. Never even practiced this shot. I crouched down, drew back 51 yards through a V in a tree, just like this. No. Right through it, laced it. D- double lungs, fifteen feet down oh, for the wow. count. And my elk season was over in day one, and uh, what well, was theoretically day two, but really day one of everybody's hunt. And um, we were done by eleven thirty. 
And so the pressure was off. So we trout fished all week, but it was really an amazing thing. And you're right. The memories made with Johnny and JP from Bass Pro and the whole crew was great. Rob Keck was out there with us. Oh, nice. And, <laughs> Tell my camp. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great, it was a great camp. My wife was there. Really wonderful, and we travel together. So anyway, that's a drawn out story, but you had to hear it all to know the highs and lows of it. And yeah, with hunting, it's it, for me, it's those highs and lows are what make it so much more valuable. Whenever you finally harvest an animal, it's like, man, you're really doing something. You know, you're taking it all the way back to to the native roots of how yeah. we all came up and where we really come from. You know, and uh, with a bow, that's I think that's saying something no matter who you are oh yeah that taking a shot like that is 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 really awesome it's a great feeling there's something about like the energy you're putting it like you're putting that energy into the arrow with the draw cycle and that same energy is what's killing that and it's so much more of an intimate experience than yeah you know obviously shooting one with a gun is, is is still awesome but to have put that energy in to kill that animal that's that's unreal. Chris, I'm curious, because there's so much pressure, because your time is so valuable, what was yes. your practice like? Because, like, yeah, I mean, you got one one glimpse of an opportunity. You took it and you nailed the shot. But, what, like, what distances were you practicing at? What was your draw weight? All that kind of setup stuff. Yeah, so I, I shoot some, you know, I have several different bows set up. And I, I got some old bows that I still shoot, like, I just got a new blackout bow though, the Bass Pro branded one, and it was great. By the way, great bow and uh, wonderful. JP kind of tweaked got me. it. He's like, you need to get this one. You need to put this on it. And he's a like a bow master. He so, is um, John Paul Morris. And so I got the bow, and I was man. I practice up until like a hundred yards. I mean, I really okay. I take some long distance Viking type shots. I call them. Yeah. But um, you got to do that because then it you know it kind of trains your eye to just. <clears throat> you know, and your, and your wits to just kind of go with it. <clears throat> but I don't ever, I'm, I'm very cautious bow hunter. I don't just, I think like everybody, probably, I don't just take shots to take them. Mm-hmm. If it's not great, then I'm not going to do it. And no matter if it's five steps in front of me, if it's not right, I'm just not going to do it. And, um, so I practice though, I practice enough to feel comfortable. I don't over practice. I'm not an overshooter. I'm not a guy who goes out here and shoots his bow every single day. Mm-hmm. Some people are for that. Some people are not. I'm definitely not. Um, number one, my arm gets tired. You know, you, when you're drawing 65 to 70 pounds for me, that's, that's pretty much max. And I think that's a pretty, you know, pretty middle of the road weight, but you know, your arm gets tired, your arms get shaky. And I just shoot until I feel comfortable. And then I say, okay, let's go. And then God's got the rest. I mean, that's really it. And I pray when I'm hunting guys, not to be preachy, but I pray my way through every hunt. And I mean, like seriously talking to the Lord, like, okay, God, I need, I I need you to really help me here. Please give me some accuracy. Please let me be steady because I'm not going to lie, dude. I get shook up like for real. I mean, I missed a giant whitetail back in the velvet season here in Tennessee that I'm still sick about Uh. because I got shook up and I didn't pray before it. I just went out there cocky. Like I got this, I can shoot 60 yards. No problem. I'm, 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 I've done this before, you know? (laughs) And then you, and then you fling one out there and, and the deer jumps the arrow and jumps the string. And, and then you just sit there all depressed and you, and then it hits you immediately. You forgot to talk to the Lord all the way through it. And man, if you're not doing that, I mean, good luck because if, if you don't, I always tell people, if you don't think God's got his hands all over what you're doing out there with his creation, you're Mm. sadly wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are his animals. This is his earth. And we're just here to use the privilege of it, you know? Do you, do you get any pushback just because of kind of the profile, the level that you're at 
and you're also representing these traditional values that are often under attack nowadays like do you get pushback do you yeah. get people saying hey chris you gotta you gotta tone it back with the god stuff no i had one person tell me that one time and i, I just said what i just told you i said no that's it <laughs> i mean the bottom line is i love jesus christ and if without jesus christ i wouldn't be sitting here talking to you period that's it that's the first and foremost mm-hmm. i'm a believer i'm a christian i'm proud of it i have no make no bones about it now, I'm also a sinner. You should know that. I tell people that every every chance I get because the, the minute somebody starts, oh, God bless you, brother, I run. I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to be around this person. you know. And I don't want to come off as that guy either. Mm-hmm. I'm just a normal dude who knows the Lord and mess, has messed up enough times to know right from wrong. So that's the bottom line. Now, pushback? Mm-mm. Now, you know, it's interesting. When you first get into the music business and, you, and you're starting a successful career, the first thing they tell you is, oh, man, don't talk about this and don't talk about mm-hmm. that and maybe we shouldn't post a hunting picture i'm like to heck with that man this is who i am this is what i do i do it with the best of intentions i do it because i love it and and quite frankly i believe in it mm-hmm. and i believe in conservation conserving the land and if you know for instance with deer hunting if we don't if we don't harvest a certain amount of deer you're going to harvest them with your car so i know enough i know enough people who have died in car accidents i know enough people who have antlers go right through their windshields i've been that guy like there's so many reasons that i love hunting and fishing that just go so much further than people would even think about so it doesn't really come up with me um if it does i just dismiss it you know i think that in life no matter what career path you take you're always going to have you're always going to have haters from this way and lovers from this way and vice versa you just be yourself, you be honest, and you treat others as you want to be treated. And people usually respect that and treat you well back. <clears throat> and that's where I find myself. Now, you know, I may have a problem this afternoon. I hope I don't. But <laughs> but the point is, is that um, I also I also don't believe in pushing things that we love down people's throat, right? Uh, yeah. So I love hunting and fishing. There's plenty of people who don't, and that's okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. I got plenty of friends <laughs> who are grossed out by the side of, a, of, a, of me holding the deer. So you know what? I don't shove that down there i don't shove that down their social media i don't push that upon them i respect that that's that's just common you know respect for your fellow man and woman and and um as i want to be respected as a hunter and a father and a christian and a conservationist and all the things that i love and an american um i respect others too for whatever they believe and i just do me you know and i i always try to encourage other hunters and other outdoorsmen just do you. Just be you, man. Mm-hmm. If you if you love it so much, you don't have to talk about it so much. It, you show it. You throw. You show it through example. Spe- and and go ahead. Speaking of that, I was in, I was going to say the the conservation side and kind of showing your colors. The Bass Pro Chris Jansen branded hat d- doesn't a certain percentage of the sales for that go straight to conservation as well, right? Like literally there's only a little tiny portion that goes back just to refund making more hats. Yeah. Um yeah, like uh, <clears throat> over three quarters of it goes straight into conservation. And again, yes, walk it like you talk it, but also talk it like you walk it in certain aspects. But man, you know, showing by leading by example is so important. That's what I was trying to say, like with the mm-hmm. hunting, with the hunting thing. And, and for anybody who may t- take flack here or there for for whatever it may be hunting or, or just, you know, um, what you believe in or things like that. You just do it with a humility and a humble heart. And that's how you win. In my opinion, that's how you win in life. Do it humbly. You don't have to force things to people. They'll understand if you say it nicely. Um, with my conservation hat that Johnny and I partnered on, man, we give back to, we started in the state of Tennessee. So we give back to Hunters for the Hungry, 
which is an amazing organization uh, through the Wildlife Federation. And we have we have raised so much um, funds for that. And so any wild harvested game, uh, the hats are a big uh, part of paying for that to be processed, given out for free to those who need it. Uh, Tennessee Riverkeeper, which keeps the you know the rivers clean around here, starting in Tennessee. And then, of course, one of my favorites is Harpeth Conservancy, because I've, I've got a lot of uh, love for the Harpeth River right here in Franklin, Tennessee and Nashville, Tennessee. And so a lot of it goes to cleaning up that and um, keeping that it's called the conservancy. So mm-hmm. conserving the great outdoors and, and uh, you know, the word conservation, I've always said, this is like, it goes so much further for me. Most people just say conservation. They think hunt fish done. Yeah. No, it's trees. It's prescribed burns. It's picking up trash. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to be a conservationist, pick up a piece of trash sometime. I mean, it's like, you know, just and, and continuing the legacy with our youth and, and kids and, um, you know, hopefully providing a great message for the outdoors, man. And and that message is keeping our earth clean. It's important. Keeping our rivers clean, keeping our woods clean, keeping our roadways clean. All of that factors in to good hunting and fishing. So I've always kind of looked at it that way. And as I've and as I've grown through the years as a man, I realize how much more important it is. And as a father. And so I try to try to walk it like I talk it you know I started picking up trash when I was a kid I found a Millie Vanilli cassette on the street and uh is this is this shtick it's true it was also trash (laughs) and it played I I also have a nonprofit. it's called um the hungry hunters and it's for hunters who aren't that good it's you and i (laughs) just two people in it it's Mm -hmm. you and i yeah matt and i are the founding members (laughs) you said the highs and you're talking about the highs and the lows so you you have some lows in hunting and it makes the highs that much higher we're like willie nelson high (laughs) if we get we catch up to something this year we're gonna be like snoop dog meets willie nelson (laughs) high we're gonna be that excited me too (laughs) had a rough go me too i i love it i live for this stuff man i really do i mean you know it's again it goes so much deeper for me it's it's a legacy thing for me like you know i i grew up around i grew up around public land stuff and i grew up watching jury outdoors uh vhs tapes and so that was like a lot of times at Christmas time, that's that's all I would ask for. By the way, was was Drury Outdoors tapes and and uh, you know and and Bow Madness and stuff like that. It was like that was my deal. And I remember when I, I, I dude, great great story here is like when I I remember when I first bought my very first bow. It was a Bow Madness nice. uh, original PSD, <laughs> yeah. and it was when the tree stand pattern came out. And I was like, I'm so balling, and I, <laughs> you know, I felt I felt so rich. And I was, I mean, that was the first thing I bought with some of my first uh, music success money. So that was an awesome bow too. I mean, that was a good show. Yeah. This, so Chris originally, he's from Perryville, Missouri, right? That's maybe 20 minutes, uh, 25 minutes from where Mark, Terry, myself, where we all grew up in Bloomsdale, Missouri. So we're originally all from a very small town. Yeah. A bunch of hill. That's right. A bunch (laughs) of hillbillies. Uh, but it's cool to kind of revisit and go back to those stories. Cause I know like Willa, my mom, she used to, you know, take all the orders, like all the phone calls and the call in orders and all that stuff. She'd work, you know, every day there in the office. And she's like, man, I, I feel like I remember, Chris's name coming through, ordering the you know the VHS and the DVDs and all that stuff. So one thousand percent, I have them all still. 
<laughs> well, the diehards. That's, what, that's awesome. It's crazy. You know, we we met, uh, you know, I'm sure you met Mark somewhere along the way, probably a long time ago or, or exchanged text. But you and I had a chance to meet in person at, at JP's wedding last year. And and uh, it was cool because, you know, we were on the same. We were I was walking out of a room and Chris was like, hey, Matt. And I'm like, hey, Chris, <laughs> like, it's like you know each other, but you don't, you know, Unreal. it's just it's just uh, a yeah. it's a cool it's a cool thing. So what's it? like knowing Matt Drury. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> Well, honestly, it's really wonderful. I mean, you know, if you if you uh <laughs> I know you I know you're messing with him, but I'm going to tell you seriously like if you knew what kind of a I'm not a fan of much things, let me just say that. If you knew what kind of a fan I was of Drury Outdoors and just again, I I use the word legacy a lot, but I I live by it. So, you know, it's such a legacy thing. The Drury Outdoors thing, everything is is such a legacy piece. And it was a huge part of the fabric of, of my growing up. And it was a large part of why I am the hunter that I am today and why I love it so much. And also why I bow hunt, because I was watching these guys, you know, you guys are the OG bow hunters, man. I mean, Matt grew up with the two OG, like for real on film bow hunting guys yeah. and the guys who were first, you know, really putting turkeys on film and really putting big bucks, not just bucks, but like, real bucks, you know, getting on camera and like real shooters. And I remember those early videos and stuff, like when, when they would knock down a 140, I mean, they were celebrating like it was yeah. a 300 inch deal. Oh man. yeah. It was like we did it. You know? <laughs> and, and those are, those are, that's how I feel. That's and how so, I feel. <laughs> that's how I feel too. And, and it's like a, that's a huge thing for me. So what's it like to know Matt? It's great. It's a great honor for me. It's a great honor to be, you know, recognized by your family too. I mean, I, I really, I really do appreciate uh, what you guys have built. And I've, you know, I've been a, I've not only been a customer, but I've been a fan for very many years. And, you know, again, it's, it's a, it's a large part of the fabric of who I am. If you went back to see me as a kid, I mean, this is, this is pretty much what it looked like. Well, those are kind words. And Mark and Terry have, have done a fantastic job of, of giving us all a, a legacy to look up to and try to reach those heights. I'm still trying to reach those heights from when they were shooting the 140s. Still trying to get to those, uh, those days. Yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it's very kind of you to say. And then one thing I would like to say is like, like Johnny, JP, you like all that, these type of people, they gravitate, Mark, Terry, they gravitate towards each other because they have these common interests mm -hmm. in the outdoors and, yep. and family and their morals and ethics. Yep. And that, you know, so you kind of gravitate, you see the people that seem to hook onto each other and it's, you know, it's really yep. because the, the f fabric's the same, yep. right? Yeah. So no matter who you are. We love America. I mean, it, it starts with loving your country. We love our country. We love our flag. You know, we support our uh, troops. We, I mean, all the, ba I just call them the ground rule basics of being an American, just being a normal person in America. Like these are, these are not hard things to love. This is the greatest country on earth. I'm so proud to be an American. And like, I don't know any other country really that gives you the freedom to hunt and fish and be a part of conservation in a way that America does. Nope. And so we have such a privilege, you know, we have a privilege of a life that we get to live, especially out, as outdoorsmen and to raise kids in, a, in, in the lifestyle, should you choose to do that, mm -hmm. um, you know, and so I just think it's such an honor. I mean, I really, when I wake up every day, I think people look at me sometimes and they go, he's got to be putting on, you know, it's like, it's not part of the show, man. 
it's it's not part of entertainment value or shock value. It's really the truth. I wake up and I go, wow, I woke up today winning. Number two, my wife is hot. Great. <laughs> Number three, my kids are healthy. Number four, when can I get into a, when can I get a bow or a gun in my hand and get out there hunting? When can I get a fishing rod in my hand? And most importantly, when can I take somebody who has never been before? Yeah. And uh, when can I take my kid or when can I take a kid who's really wanting to get outdoors, yeah. man? Um, I wanted to say that on this podcast too, because I know you guys are huge advocates for getting, you know, kids involved in the outdoors and things right. like that. It's like for people, for people watching and listening to this, remember that the next generation of, of youth in America, the kids like Jesse and, and, and things that is all we have to look forward to. That's all we have. Okay. This generation is all we have next to look forward to. So I'm not saying we should raise them right. I'm just saying that we should at least tell them about it because mm -hmm. if I wasn't told about it as a kid, I wouldn't be the hunter that I am today. And, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in, uh, we're in a position on this podcast to be such a, a voice for young conservation, uh, young uh, anglers and hunters and, and, and just outdoorsmen in general. Even if you don't like hunting and fishing, just getting in the outdoors and enjoying what God has given us here on in this country, especially. It's really fantastic. And uh, and I think that's how we grow the next generation of of anglers, hunters, fishermen, conservationists, et cetera, et cetera. Just teaching them you have to you have to school these you got to school them you got to let them know that we got it out here let's get after it you know amen you nailed it as long as they don't shoot my deer <laughs> they could shoot every deer <laughs> oh, i was just talking to kid. dad i was like i got all kinds of deer i need a kid to come shoot <laughs> y'all that's jesse man listen jesse's like jesse knocks down the 10 point he's like i'm like yeah we're gonna take a few days off now because it's my turn he's like yeah cool I'm hunting tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's your plan, Dad. Dude, Here's what Jesse's we're doing. got so much swagger; it's not yeah, even funny. You, you guys see this kid on stage? Oh, well, you saw it, yeah, <laughs> yep. at yep. the Bass Pro Bad. event. That's right. We know you're short on time here, so we're gonna let you go. We we appreciate you taking the time to jump on, and uh, man, I hope we get to share deer camp real soon here. I really do too, and I want to say in closing, um, thank you very much for your time and for letting me be on it. And uh, like I said, I just have never really done many podcasts and stuff. It just wasn't really my thing. But I was hoping you would ask. And uh, I'm glad you did because I, I enjoy this. And we I'm just so it's just such a refreshing blessing to be able to talk to people with like mindedness and people who appreciate the same values and the same things. And for those people out there who are watching this and listening to us, you know, you made a good point, Matt, about about not only conservation, hunting, fishing, and things of that nature, but, but just the, just the normal moralistic values that people like us grew up with. And that's not to be preachy or anything or point fingers. That's just saying that I think we grew up in one of the best golden eras of America mm. and how yeah. blessed and privileged we were to grow up being able to run, you know, Southeast Missouri and, and, and Midwest fields, man, looking for deer, chasing doves, chasing rabbits. That was a big thing when I was a kid. Yep and like running beagles and just having that, that free living lifestyle. I always hope to continue to promote that lifestyle with people and just remind people how blessed we are when we wake up. If, if, if we leave this podcast with one thing today for, for watchers out there, man, just remember how blessed we are to wake up. If you get to, not everybody got to do that today. We woke up in freedom and we have the privilege and luxury of living here. And it's, 
just a, it's just wonderful all the way around. And if you get to hunt and fish, that's just icing on the cake if that's your thing. So I'm, I'm glad it's my thing. No doubt, man. Well, we appreciate you, and you do such a great job for uh, flying the flags, flying the colors for all of us outdoorsmen, and uh, and we just appreciate you. So good luck getting hey. that, that deer in Tennessee, and let's share us a camp Thank here you. soon. Everybody come out and see us on tour, chrisjansen.com for all the tour dates. And, uh, of course, you guys are always welcome. You know that. So tell your family, hey, and thank you. And I love you guys and love the jury team. Love you, man. Right, thank thanks, you. Chris. All right. Have a good day. See you guys. See, see ya. ya. Thank you. I don't know if anyone caught this, but Chris put hot wife in front of healthy kids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty important. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree. <laughs> it's like a line from uh, um, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> You gotta have a hot wife. Yeah, hey, yeah he's such a kids. pleasure. That guy is so genuine and person is not a like he was saying. He's not putting it on. Like I've had a chance to meet him a few times now. Like he is genuinely a nice guy, and he does a very good job of promoting the outdoor lifestyle. His, I mean, he's synonymous. His brand is synonymous with that Bass Pro hat, yeah. and and that directly funds conservation. He's he's talking the talk and walking the walk like he said okay so if there is a retail outlet that would reflect your hunting and outdoorsman prowess what do you think it would be a retail outlet yeah is, is this supposed to be like how good i and so like okay here's my skill set is yeah. there a name that what, goes with the what skill level set would you interpret it Ugh. at um dollar general <laughs> <laughs> Is that seems, fair? Seems about, How about yeah. you? I, I'm thinking like maybe on a good season of Walmart. This, the past. The I wish last, I was Bass Pro quality. <laughs> I can't get to Bass Pro Cabela's. No. Like I'm stuck down there, Dollar General. You know, the, like the 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 tacky side of me wanted to ask Chris so badly, like because you're who you are and you know who you do. Do you ever think about just walking into a Bass Pro or Cabela's and just taking your like a shopping cart and your arm on the shelf and walking down and just going do 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 yeah and just walking out and he's saying, probably got a special like Bass Pro card that like That's one of I, one yeah, I want to know about that stuff <laughs> yeah like a Bass Pro like this and and those guys love each other like Johnny JP Chris like there's there's a small group of those guys that do a lot of hunting and fishing together. Um, and Austin Dillon, uh, th th and they're all in this little group, and they're all diehard. They just love to be outdoors. That's it. Like fishing, anything. That he sent me a picture. He was sitting behind a gator last week. <laughs> like uh. anything. I was like, what are you doing? He's behind a gator. Killing gators. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, oh, very authentic. Laundry. And I will say, man, his shows, like Randa's not a huge country fan. And so we went to the show when he was in town in St. Louis, and mom and dad and my Aunt Nancy and Uncle Gene and and Randa at the end of it, she's like, this was one of the most entertaining shows I've ever seen. I didn't realize how physical of a performer he was Big until time. I saw him in person. It's like all over playing, the stage. Like kick drum he, hell, I was going to say, he plays the drums. <laughs> He's back there playing a Metallica. I think it was Inner Sandman or something. It was like... I mean, he was just going to town back there. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a fun show. So I would recommend uh, if he's in a town near you, and he always is. He's like everywhere. He tour dates on his website yeah. are all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I, I can't thank him enough. I didn't realize he didn't do podcast. I wouldn't have asked. <laughs> well, now it sounds like he 
has a good taste in his mouth for podcasts. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's the worst part about this gig is me trying to come up with like bothering people to come on the coming on our show. I get a lot of yes and then no follow up. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm not going to name names, but several people close to us. <laughs> but uh, it, he was from the get go like, I'm in. Yeah, tell me when, when can we do it? <laughs> so that's, that's uh, us riding the coattails of Mark and Terry. Oh like yeah, the, the legacy yeah. that you're, they you're said. running shtick and making fun of me on <laughs> what's it like to know that Terry was very gracious in his answer. <laughs> I know what you're doing there. Yeah, yeah. He's he's, um, but that that uh, you're right. I'm riding the coattails of Mark and Terry on a lot of things. We all. <laughs> so. Oh, Anyways, that, that we got some great. show standards, as you yeah, like to say. Brandon Chapman asked us a question in the Rack Pack. He needs some help. So the question is, sorry here, the question is probably brought to you by Cold Steel. Probably. Professional, probably or proudly, I don't know, <laughs> professional blades for real hunters. Get the click and cut hunting kit and have every blade you need for your next processing processing job in one handy case i use the clicking cut hunting kit on the doe oh tim killed something girl it was awesome well okay i'm real quick finishing something yeah no just uh we'll just go to break sorry that he was texting me and saying thank you it was an honor i was like man the honor was ours (laughs) say hey we're still doing the show buddy (laughs) all right all right so question of the day is brought to you by Cold Steel, and it's from Brandon Chapman from the Rack Pack. He says, what are your favorite scents for creating a new mock scrape? All right, so I like to just pee in a scrape. <laughs> that's <Yeah. laughs> That has worked well for me in the years past. Aaron Vince, the one that's turned, su- turned me on to that. You're supposed to pee in it. That's what I've done. Man, but I've turn your camera wrong. off if you... Dude. Oh, you're pooping in them. <laughs> I, I, I've heard people say, like, you relieve yourself in the yeah. scrape. I've, I've made a mess of a lot of scrape trees. <laughs> Shtick again. Okay. Should I be serious now? No. So the, the one thing that I have used with a lot of success is Buck Bomb has a scrape generator. That, has, that works really well. Now, there's a certain time. like It's not like you put it out in May and <laughs> you go to town on it. But right now, especially right now, is a perfect time. Get that scrape generator. They yeah. make like an aerosol can. Now, here's the trick to it. Okay. There's a way to turn it on and spray a little, and oh, then there's yeah, a way cra- to just... Pull the pin. Pull, yeah, like a damn grenade. <laughs> this happened to Scott and I. We put, Frag out. we put it out. It was actually, I think the one I put out was a doe and estrus uh, last year because they got doe and estrus, they got a uh, scrape generator, and they have like a buck, dominant buck one. Sure. And <laughs> I, I tried to get it to go, and then all of a sudden it just depressed uh, and I had it and then and it fell over on <laughs> facing us. So like we're filming all this. You got footage of us like screaming and running, <laughs> running everywhere. I but, smell like wee wee. But, but there were uh, like there was a buck came right to the thing. A younger buck, but came sure. right out. We barely like, got what? settled. What happened Came here? right out <laughs> to us. I always wonder what a deer thinks when they, because I've, I've, I've uh, popped the pin and like thrown it from my tree stand, uh, and I, and I wonder like when a deer walks into the scent cloud, do they yeah, think like what? The- <laughs> there was a real orgy Someone here. Really had to go. <laughs> Uh, but be a good outdoorsman and pick the can oh, up yeah. when you leave. Okay, <laughs> definitely. You can't leave it. So. Did you see my response to this question in the rack pack? I didn't. I said Uncle TK's wonder wee wee. Uh, 
I did see that. <laughs> oh, I was giggling. Beth was like, what are you laughing at? Uh, it's only funny it's to like, you. <laughs> I made a joke about pee. <laughs> Never gets old, though. <laughs> As part of my job. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's scrapes starting to open up in the timber. Now, I did a little cruise through one of my properties yesterday and found a new one and, and hung a camera on it. Already got deer showing up on it. Scott so. found one at our new lease and hung a camera on it last week, and we had deer hitting it. And we had uh, yesterday morning at 730, one of the shooters, you know, I think I think he's a five-year-old. It's a new lease, so we're not really sure. But he's he's one of those deer that if it wasn't a lease and I didn't – you know, and you had a bunch of acreage, oh, yeah, yeah. you'd let him go because he would be sure thing a booner next year. Just a really, really nice deer. He kind of reminds me of the deer Forrest killed a little bit last year, um, Junkie, okay. over in Illinois. But anyways, if I see him, I'm killing him. Do it. <laughs> Do it. But I got to see him. Yeah, we could yeah, hunt that, that, that night that, because that it was wind was going right to where he went. Sure. Of course. Sure. And he didn't come back out on camera, but who knows where he stepped out at. Yeah. Last week, I don't know if we've had a show since since I hunted, uh, but I shot me a raccoon, so that was fun. Yep. And then I killed a doe Saturday night, which was all. She was starting to, like, I didn't plan on shooting a doe, yeah. but she was one of those that got a little too wide. She was stomping <laughs> a little bit and mm. posturing her head, and I was like, yeah, I think I think you got to go. So it, was, it felt good to good let her go. I tried that. <laughs> I thought, I need... To shoot, I need some practice. A warm up. Need to fill the the freezer with something. Yeah, and uh, I shot low, right under. Eesh. I'm I suck. <laughs> I'm just well, like, but it it's you know it's good to get some shots under your belt. Yeah, and uh, it just just again, it, it never ceases to amaze me that first deer of the year when you've got your sight pin on the deer, you're like, oh, I'm doing yeah. it. Like this yeah. is this is that, deer hunting. That was the feeling because it's been a while, as Aaron Lewis uh-huh. says. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and, so and, and uh, the result was as depressing <laughs> as the song. <laughs> so. This deer I shot was the first time I haven't had a full pass through and I don't know how many deer. She was hard quartering away. So I put the <laughs> I put the arrow right behind her back leg. And I just the way I mean aim to exit. Yeah. And and it was crazy because so there was just a little bit of the rear of the arrow sticking out. So the lighted knock was in her. And I saw her run off. There's maybe three or four inches still showing. And I was like, huh, I don't think I got a pass through. And I don't know if that there's gonna be a blood trail on that deer. Mm. So I got down at dark and sure enough there was no blood trail. And she crashed in the creek. But that arrow went from right behind her back leg to the off shoulder, punched through the rib cage, but did not exit the skin. Hmm. And I'd never had like just enough energy to like just get yeah. lodged under between it's the skin kind of, and the rib cage. Yeah. But it got everything. It got guts, it got liver, it got lungs, it got heart, and then out. Man, Skewer. how hard was she quartering? Hard. I'll, I'll show say, you. I'll show you the video. Say, that's a lot. That's I'll, everything. It, I mean, it was. I was like, wow, that was a. It was a good shot. <laughs> now I know. But when I when I saw her, wow, boy, I'm good. <laughs> I thank you. I, that was the implication. I'm glad. Glad you said it out yeah. loud for me. <laughs> boy, I'm bad. What, what I was not looking forward to was opening her up. Oh sure. Because yeah, then you got a field dresser. But and... the crazy thing was, I, I don't know if I like somehow magically missed all the gutty works. But there was no sepsis, like there was no gut material in her gut cavity. That smells brutal. Well, especially, I mean, it was it was kind of 
<laughs> yeah. It was a little cold Saturday night, but not cold enough to knock down the stink. Yeah. But she really wasn't bad. Well, congrats, man. Thank you. On the board. Put some put some meat in the freezer. There you go. Okay. Let's jump into the wildlife word. And it's brought to you by Tracker Off-Road. Whether it's chores around your property or going to retrieve your deer, Tracker Off-Road makes a side-by-side that's right for you. The electric one is the bomb. That's all. I mean, it is so handy. <clears throat> now, if you got a large property, like... You're going a long, long ways. I mean, it does really good. It goes a far ways, but like maybe you'd go for the side by side or the ATV. The the electric buggy is so quiet, and it's got a ton of power. I mean, it's there. Once you get used to riding around in uh-huh. one, you're like, yeah. I can get used to. <laughs> Why this. am I walking anywhere? <laughs> well, the other thing, the like, just ride around the neighborhood, the backyard. <laughs> a modification you could use is putting a gas generator in the tail in the the, the bed of it. And it would just charge itself as it goes. <laughs> well, then it's loud. So, I mean, the whole point is oh, okay. well, to get rid of the sound, I think. What do I know? <laughs> I'm just coming up with ideas. <clears throat> right, gas-powered side-by-side. <laughs> okay. They make those. But you actually just put gas in the side-by-side. Someone's listening, and they're like, that guy's an idiot. These guys suck. <laughs> no, they tuned out as soon as Chris <laughs> jumped off. <laughs> right. All right, keep There's going. nothing redeeming. Okay, we're going to get cultural here. American Indians use this naturally occurring ingredient to make bread. Yeast? Is it? You're jumping ahead, brother. Sorry. A, white acorns. C, B, small stones from a whitetail's rumen. <laughs> C, ground up whitetail antlers. Or D, fingernail clippings of hapless settlers. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the nails. That's racist, Tim. Is it? I'm going to go with oh, A, crap. white acorns. <laughs> Okay, Chris. Who, oh, he's not there. A is right. Hey, nice I shot. mean, hey, must be the money, <laughs> which we get none of. That's a rap song, by the <laughs> yes. way. If you're not by the Nelly, the- Terry loves Nelly. By the way, you would never know it. Terry's a big Nelly fan. He's a Renaissance. Loves man. hot in here. <laughs> Her. <laughs> he's like he's all, every anytime Nelly Nelly comes out, he's like. Man, that was so ahead of its time. <laughs> you know he heard that somewhere, and he yeah. just picked it up. Like a Rolling Stone interview back hey, in 2002. Yeah. Really, really ahead of its time, old <laughs> Nelly. All right. Well, Zach Mart is ahead of his time. <laughs> he, uh, he, he chimed in on the Rack Pack and said... What he loves about the show is that the guests always have different valuable perspectives. Matt the guests are both honest about their style of hunting and how it relates to most hunters today. I see. Thank you, Zach. <clears throat> it's kind. The valuable aspect was with the guests. Of course. <laughs> Ours was, we're, thanks for being honest. We're under no delusions here. <laughs> That's right. All right, last piece for the day. We'll let you guys go. We're going to welcome some new Rack Pack members over on Facebook, the private Facebook group, Very 100% private. Wild Rack Pack. All right. Every uh, week, Tim gives me a list of names. I read them. I butcher them. And there's always a fake one I got to sniff out. We got River Ferguson. Oh, River. Peyton Mattis, Kyle Wheeler, Ben Hines. Ben Hines. Hines. Corey Cameron, Ian Steinmeier. Steinmeier. Uh, Scott Thorpe, related to Jim, probably. Scott Schroeder, Benjamin Wynant. How how Uh. would you say that one? Yeah, probably Wynant. Wynant. Flinch, miss, and curse. <laughs> Flinch, miss, and curse. Flinch, miss, and her curse. I think that's what you were doing this past yeah. weekend. Flinch. <clears throat> I didn't flinch. I, I, 
I just suck. <laughs> I didn't flinch. I felt like I was calm. I was yeah. calm. I know I was calm. I was like, and that was like the 11th doughy. So yeah. <laughs> that's why I was going to shoot her. I'm like, all right, one of these has the, got to the go. The parade has got to end here. <laughs> she was the last straw that broke yeah. the camel's back, turns out. Not so much. I can't hit anything. She was at 32. I had it at 30. I shot low and I missed her. Uh, low. Yeah. Missed the vitals low. Well, I, I had a pack of does walk through last night, and I, and I really thought I was going to get a chance to take another one. And uh, at, at, like they just had to walk four or five steps out past a cedar tree to be in a shooting lane. They'd been on this trajectory. They'd be at 18 yards. I was like, I got all the cameras yeah. going. I was like, cool. Money. Yeah. Must and be the money. They decide to take a right and go up the ridge completely. No, no shot. Complete coverage up there. Didn't get the memo. Didn't didn't read the script and uh, and I was just shaking. Like, really? Because I I still get excited by shooting does. It's still such a thrill for me. And um, so to even come close was fun. Maybe if I ever shoot one again, I'll I'll know what that feels <laughs> like. The report back. Yeah, let I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, <laughs> it, it 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 is a it is a big rush for me. I'm glad. All right. We're going at we're so we had a huge cold front, October wind, deer cast sand, great whole time. We're gonna hit a little bit of a period here, dark of the moon, but we're gonna get another cold front in a couple days. And then what I'm getting at, we we're cooking up something special for the rut. I'm not gonna give away the details just yet, but we're gonna give we we got a special series coming up for the rut. It's gonna be good. Can't wait to see. It's gonna be huge <laughs> <laughs> all right that's a deep tease all right well make sure you stick around folks and if you haven't shared the show please do so we love it subscribe share a, leave us a comment give us reviews give us a five-star rating <clears throat> on spotify you can actually leave specific comments for individual episodes and every now and again i will go in and i will look at them so if you <laughs> want to if you want to ask us a question or leave us something particular about one particular episode you can do that on spotify all right I think that's it for today, Tim. I got nothing more. All right. Until next time, be safe. Bye. Peace out. DeerCast is now supercharged with maps. Get ahead of your game with killer new features like live Doppler radar, wind check out to five days, virtual rain gauges, GPS path tracking, and more. Plus, get our 14-day revolutionary DeerCast prediction and access to DeerCast track. Prep, predict, and pursue with DeerCast.